The failure to act with sufficient ambition to avert the climate catastrophe will be the greatest moral failure of our time. Making changes takes courage, and if we don't change things, we won't have a future. I'm an environmentalist. A lot of people don't understand that. I think I know more about the environment than most people. You have stolen my dreams and my childhood with your empty words. Change is coming, whether you like it or not. Zero carbon. East off. Hello and welcome to Zero Carbonista Series 2, The Manifesto. I'm Ian Collins, and if you're interested and passionate about green and environmental matters, then this is absolutely the podcast for you. It's always worth making the point that if you aren't familiar with this territory or this podcast, then here's the deal. The series essentially about the views and campaigns, inner thoughts of one man. That, of course, is Dale Vince, the entrepreneur and environmentalist. Dale built his success in the green energy sector. He's the owner of Ecotricity, the world's first green energy company. He's also the chairman of Forest Green Rovers. On each episode, we bring you the dominating issues from what is, without doubt, the biggest agenda on the planet right now, the environment and climate change. Morning, Dale. And can I just pick up on a point? We can fire straight into a question here because Rory on Twitter said, I want to switch my power. Can I get ecotricity in Leeds? And the reason I wanted to put that in the beginning because it ties in with what I just said. You know, this is your company, uh, the world's first green energy company. Does that mean you can switch to that anywhere yeah i had a question like that by facebook as well this week a guy saying look i'm off to scotland can i can i have ecotricity there and yeah i mean the answer is anywhere mainland uk which is gb we operate we don't operate in northern ireland so yeah leeds definitely sure scotland england wales doesn't matter where you are uh, on the mainland good work let's kick off with this it's time to bring asda price back to the people See, Asda are always working hard so we can get a little more and pay a little less. That's Asda price. So this is the news that Asda is going to become the first UK retailer to launch an ambient vegan aisle. What's the difference between a vegan aisle and an ambient vegan aisle? (laughs) I think... um... I think the ambient thing re- refers to the temperature of the food. Uh, so it's not frozen, for example. Yeah. Uh, it's not refrigerated either. I think ambient, it means room temperature. Yeah. So uh, that's all that really means. It's actually a vegan aisle. Um, but so it's a, ve- it's a vegan aisle. Somebody's got technical about it and said, uh, you know, they're telling us what the put the word ambient. Well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it kind of ties in with what we were talking about last week, doesn't it? The, you know, the, the progress in this area. Yeah, it's part of that uh, kind of rapid rate of change we talked about. And, you know, by 2030, um, my prediction that half of the country would be vegan. I, I saw the tweet from Veganuary about this Asda thing, and they say that there are 100 new products in there. I don't know if that means like new to uh, supermarket retail uh, vegan products. But, uh, yeah, it's very exciting. And uh, we've got some news of our own, actually, because our um, forest green uh rovers breakout food the devil's kitchen burgers and balls and stuff we've been talking about them for a while getting yep. them into uh, schools universities football clubs that kind of stuff and uh, always the question coming when will we get them into retail well we've just assigned a contract with Ocado, and um from wow. 1st of december they should be available to Ocado's uh, nearly one million members up and down the country and i know everybody's not on a cardo customer so uh we're, uh, it's just a first step. We'll uh, be in some yeah. other places soon, yeah. But it's a kind of big deal for us. It's, a, it's our big breakthrough into retail. Uh, the big question is, of course, I think we, we might have touched on this before, will your face be on the packaging? <laughs> oh, I don't remember touching on that before. Maybe um, we didn't, because uh, I was just thinking, you know, lots of products. I, I'm thinking, 
Who was the film? It's Paul Newman, wasn't it? It's got oh, a. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I From think Beyond it's the still Grave. Out. From Beyond it's, the it's Grave, got that Paul one. Newman. Yes, also, yeah. obviously, you know, lots of people have followed that. A lot of celebrity chefs and the like. No, I'm just looking at the packaging now. Actually, um, I really love it. We spent quite a few weeks uh, pulling it together. It's it's really striking. It's hard to describe, but. Uh, it's in the key colours, black, white and green of Forest Green Rovers. And um, yeah, it looks fab. So anyway, coming soon to an online store near you. Let's move to a big dominating story this week. China aiming to hit peak emissions before 2030 and for carbon neutrality by 2060, according to the Chinese president. Now, some will say that's not quick enough, but I suppose you have to throw the word progress in there. Well, I think it's incredible. Um, you know, we're talking about a country of more than a billion people and huge chunks of it are still developing. You know, they're way behind the, uh, you know, the developed nations in terms of infrastructure and power, water, that kind of stuff, the stuff that we take for granted. And, and this is the big issue in the developing world. You know, the need for them to catch up to the developed world before then cutting emissions has been one of the real problems of, of uh, getting global agreement on, on emissions cuts. And of course, China always comes up. It's the classic bit of anti-climate whataboutery, isn't it? All you hear is, yeah. what about China? This is yeah, I don't have to do anything because China, because China is doesn't. doing bad things. No. That seems and, to be the kind of get-out-of-jail card for me. Totally. And, you know, this is like the world's biggest economy, over a billion people still developing in large chunks. And they're saying by 2060, they're carbon zero. And, you know, I think when China says that, it means they've got themselves a plan and they will hit that target. I think it's incredible. And, yeah, it's easy to say 2060 is not soon enough. I think that. Um, and hopefully they'll ramp that up as they go along. But to hit peak emissions in 2030, even that is quite incredible, given the yeah. rate of growth. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, I wonder what, so, if that sets a ball rolling somewhere. Uh, who knows but it kind of at least uh, deflates a whole bunch of that potential water battery that we continually face when we're talking yeah about, uh, yeah it's, you know, it's kind of warded that off completely in that, that doesn't it? yeah uh, <laughs> so, yeah what about china look what they're doing yeah this is what they're doing and uh, are on line to achieve that here's a question from john on twitter has anybody taken up your ridiculous vegan bet yet he says his profile yeah. i should say on twitter is a picture of a steak <laughs> hopefully that's not what he's got he's out for mischief ears. this lad i can tell <laughs> uh, just, just yes, remind so, everybody what the bet was to... yeah the bet was that by 2030 over half of the country will be vegan that's just 10 years from now and actually somebody did take it up i think it's somebody in the meat trade uh, a farmer or somebody like that you know one of these kind of uh, animal abusers for a living type people uh, not to be like personal or anything like that, but you know that's his job. That's what he does, and he's uh, he jumped on social media and said, "Yeah, I'll take your ridiculous bet." Uh, so game on. Um, yeah. You know, I'm happy for that. Let's see who wins. But of course, it's going to be a slow burn. Yeah, I think we're, I'm going <laughs> to gently stalk John on Twitter. I think in a in a positive way, just to see what happens by 2030. Whether that picture of the steak uh, is replaced by a broccoli or something, or corn or something. Yeah, maybe corn <laughs> steak. Here's an interesting one. Uh, this is in my own backyard as well, Dale. I don't know if you saw this, that um, a, a de facto Brexit border is going to be introduced for lorry drivers entering Kent to travel to the EU, according to Michael Gove. Mm, I saw that and I loved it because all of this talk of Willow won't be a border down the Irish Sea and all this kind of stuff, uh, uh, you know, and, and for all government's denials and flip-flopping on this issue of the withdrawal agreement, <laughs> there will be a border and it's going to be in fucking Kent. Excuse <laughs> <laughs> my language. <laughs> I can't believe it. It's going to be, this is just incredible. Um, 
What's fascinating about this, because I did a bit of investigation into this, and I spoke to the road haulage people on this as well, mm. um, and they said that you know, Michael Gove has been absolutely useless on this, and <laughs> yes. he's uh, killed surprise and all the rest of it. And he's been talking about, you know, lorry drivers haven't got the right paperwork. and this. Lorry drivers can't get the right paperwork because the system that they claim truckers and the like need to use is simply not up and running. So if you went to the, if you're a, a lorry driver and you deliver chairs or something to France or uh, vegetables to spot whatever, you, as much as you want to try, if you went to the portal where Mr. Gove is saying you need to go, you couldn't get anything from it. I think it's madness. And and again, what we see here is the government blaming the lorry drivers, saying that if they don't do enough, there'll be seven thousand lorry yeah. long queues and two days of delays if the lorry drivers don't get their act together, which is just nonsense because the government haven't got their act together. But we see the same thing in the um, in the in the pandemic, government blaming the public for wanting too many tests. You know, for example, uh, is just the way this government rolls. Blame the EU for the fact that we're going to jump off a Brexit cliff. Mm. Uh, you know. Uh, it's the way it is. But uh, it's um, quite amazing to, to get such a staid and conservative body such as the Road Holders Association, and no offence, guys, um, but to, to actually come out and, and slag off Michael Gove and the government in, in such kind of uh, clear terms. Yeah. But the overriding headline here, of course, is when you come to Kent, Dale, and you and I decide to hit the streets of Dartford with a bottle of Lightning Jacks, make sure you have... <laughs> Make sure you have your passport with you. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, you, you actually need a pass to get into Kent in a lorry. <laughs> I mean, that, I mean, I don't drive a lorry these days, but uh, you know, I, I used to. <laughs> I like it. Here's a question from Andy on Facebook. You said in an interview with Robert Llewellyn you were going to invent an electric motorbike. What happened to that project? Oh, it came back. Many years ago, just after the Nemesis, we worked with Imperial College London, I think it was. Uh, may have been a different one. I might have got that wrong. But anyway, uh, we worked on a Isle of Man TT racer. We sponsored it for a couple of years, and uh, and that was a lot of fun. And then um, we saw works teams from BMW and people like that into the, uh, the, the Isle of Man with electric bikes. And we thought, oh, that's okay. The, the big guys are coming. There's no need to be in this space of electric bikes and sat back and kind of like almost 10 years later, it's still not here, you know. The big brands are still not making electric bikes. So it was about three months ago, I uh, sent an email to the guy that designed the Nemesis with us, Peter Stevens, and said, let's let's pick this project back up. We call it the Iron Horse, spelled I-O-N, as in lithium iron. Um, and Iron Horse is a kind of biking uh, kind of term. Uh, so it's a bit of fun. Uh, but I've got some concepts on the on the table behind me that we've been uh, working on. And uh, I'm just about to speak to somebody in Suffolk that we're going to build it for us. And we might even put it into limited production. It's kind of, um, yeah, it's back in the world, this project, and it's looking like a bit of fun and quite exciting. Good work. A couple more stories. This one, melting of the Antarctic ice sheet will cause sea levels to rise of about two and a half metres around the world. Two and a half metres around the world, even if the goals of the Paris Agreement are met, according to research. This is pretty grim news. Yeah, it is, as you say there, because even if we meet Paris, uh, I think that means New York is underwater or something like that, two and a half metres. And if we don't meet Paris, then I think the prediction was six and a half metres, which is just going to change the face of the world quite quite literally. But the, the other issue was, the, I mean, the ice down there is about three miles thick. 
And uh, what, what they've modelled and shown is that once the ice reaches a certain depth, once it's been lowered by melting to a certain point, then it melts more easily. There's some kind of hysteresis loop goes on. Yeah, there's a hard- compounding effect, right? Yeah, it's harder to refreeze. And so we, you know, we, in effect, go past a point of no return when it comes to the melting of this ice. And half of the world's fresh water is in this ice cube in the Antarctic. Yeah. Um, so, and once we start melting that and we take it past a point of no return... Well, I think, you know, we're in trouble. (laughs) Big trouble. And also this. Um, And, of course, it's a tale of this man. You ever see Sleepy Joe with the little circles? I wonder, in the debate, it'll be him and I on the stage. Is he going to walk in with a mask? I'll be honest, he feels good about the mask, and that's okay. You know what? Whatever makes you feel good. Versus this man. If you entrust me with the presidency, I will draw on the best of us, not the worst. I'll be an ally of the light, not the darkness. It's time for us, for we the people, to come together. United, we can and will overcome this season of darkness in America. Yeah, it's Trump versus Biden. U.S. elections just weeks away in November. Seven in ten support government action in America to address the crisis. It's interesting, Dale, if you listen to certainly Trump, uh, you'd think there's nothing to see here and nobody gives a toss about climate change in America. Seven in 10 do. Yeah, well, I don't know what to say, really. Trump has a a power base, doesn't he? You know, he he was delivered the presidency due to the the American Electoral College system, which is a little bit like our own first past the post in that it it distorts the outcome. So he lost a popular vote. He didn't have the majority of votes last time, and he probably won't have the majority of votes this time, but he could get elected despite that because of the system that they have. So, so yeah, even though 7 out of 10 Americans want something done about it and probably 6 out of 10 Americans don't want him to be president, they may get it. I, I, I mean, he's got to pull something incredible out the back. He's he's lacking in the polls, and I know the polls don't always tell the full story. We've seen that happen over here. But nearly two-thirds of respondents to this survey in the States said they'd be more likely to vote for a presidential candidate who supports the complete shift to clean energy, and a further seven in ten supporting U.S. involvement in the Paris Climate Agreement, of course, which commits countries to tackling uh, dangerous heating of the planet, etc. Now, are we going to see in the last knockings Trump suddenly pitch out uh, and go Greta on us, do you think? Well, the thing about the American system is the overall majorities in the country that want anything don't count. That's not what wins elections. There's a, there's a college system. And it means smaller states overrepresent in terms of their impact, uh, the, the number of uh, votes they get per head of population, for example. So these smaller conservative mm-hmm. states are delivering the presidency for Trump and and the bigger democratic states you know the the weight of votes there is diluted by the system it's fundamentally undemocratic and unrepresentative which is quite mm. ironic for you know the um, world's leading uh, yeah the sense so of say. democracy so say. but it needs it needs reform and uh, you know if the democrats get in uh, maybe they'll tackle that but it, it you know it did deliver trump presidency last time and i think he was three million uh, shy of, uh, of the popular clinton's, vote clinton's yeah. vote yeah yeah which is a lot of votes so you yeah, know the overall percentage of people that want something in america doesn't a bit like britain doesn't necessarily deliver the uh, the government 
Dale, that's it. We'll speak on the next episode. Good one. Looking forward to it. And don't forget, of course, to subscribe for free from your podcast provider, which means you get each new episode automatically. Leave a review there too. Uh, if you want to get in touch, you can do it through the usual social media methods, or you can email your comments and questions to zerocarbonista at ecotricity.co.uk. And this is the important bit. Make sure you follow Dale on social media, which is twitter.com slash dalevince, facebook.com slash dalevince. We'll see you on the next episode. Zero carbon east off.